today, ladies and gentlemen, we have Katrina, one of the volunteers. He stationed at the Merbu North RSL, the hub and the epicentre of the relief effort after a supercell weather system ripped through the community of Merbu North and through people's hearts. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Katrina. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the greatest show on earth. Ladies and gentlemen, with your hypnotist, Jemmy D. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Hi, Katrina, say hello to people. Hello, people. If you could just introduce yourself. Uh, hello, yes, my name is Katrina Foster. I am a resident of Merbu North. And at the time of the storms, I was initially actually in Leangatha when the first roll of the storm went through. And it was pretty fierce. There was lots of lightning and thunder and gusts of wind and they lost their power. And as soon as it was over, we got in the car and drove back from Leangatha to Mubu North. And the whole time I was watching the storm move along the range was very it was very pretty in some respects but it was also really unusual and at one point I asked my husband to stop the car and he refused he wanted to get home and consequently I did take a photo on the run and we encountered three small trees that had fallen over on the way back home by and large not really any damage as soon as we got in the driveway the drop started by the time we got into the house, the heavy rain was pelting down and then once we got inside the house, the hail was sounding like a machine gun on the windows. It was interesting. Funny you mentioned that. I was actually in Lee and Gatha that exact same day and I actually heard the crack of the lightning straight above my head and I've just gone, oh, that's going to be huge. <laughs> It was unbelievable. So sort of, what do you think of the, the boundaries that have, after the effect of this amazing storm front? It was a um, it was actually a tornado-like event that came through Merbu North, but they said it was a circle storm. So it actually missed the main part of town because it was an actually turning a circular storm. Yeah, the path was actually very interesting. It, it went across the valley. It did weave a pathway all the way through and it unfortunately wove a pathway across some residential area and the swimming pool, which has only recently been completed and then crossed over the road into the golf course and wove a very nice little path up through the back part of Merbu North and then continued on its way, leaving a trail of destruction. So when push comes to shove, once the storm had actually hit, what were the one things that people really suffered with personally, like the the boundaries of technology? And... Well, it was interesting because we had phone service for around about four hours. We didn't have any electricity. And once that phone service departed, it was really difficult. People couldn't communicate with each other. It was one of those situations where people didn't really know what to do. We are so dependent on technology that some struggle. I suppose the biggest evidence of that was the IGA here, where they went down, of course, being electrical, and um, consequently people could only use cash. And I think there's a bit of a history of having power outages here. So a lot of people were quite quick to get to the supermarket to try and get some supplies. Well, I know in Lean Gatha, the BP had a generator. It was the only petrol station between 
Pakenham had power that sort of could service customers and Woolies ATMs, once they got their power back running again with a generator, was actually allowing cash out and they ran out of cash in, I think, an hour. Wow. And even Lee Gather wasn't hit anywhere near as bad as Merbu North. I remember just getting waiting 40 minutes for a toasted sandwich and it was the last one in Lee Gather. The florist, because it was around uh, February 14th, the florist had their generator because they would have had thousands of dollars worth of flowers. And just unique. I couldn't come even come down Streslakey Ho. I actually had to double back to Warrigal, out towards Allen Bank, oh, and then man. back to Maui. That would have been a long journey. How has things affected you, things that you've seen and heard from other people, and what stories have you heard? I've heard some very amazing stories, almost miraculous stories of people sitting on their back porch filming and being pulled inside by their friend and seconds later after the storm left, a tree being in that same spot. Oh, wow. Occupying the same space. That's amazing. Um, another situation I heard of was uh, some people were on Streslecky Highway going back towards Lee and Gather and the whiteout was so severe that they could not drive so they just stopped which was a bit scary for them as well in the middle of the road and when it all cleared I've heard two minutes worth when it all cleared there were trees all around those cars and they hadn't touched the cars there was two cars so very just incredible stories of it should have been more people that really that were injured and haven't been that's awesome and the one thing that was amazing when we spoke before the interview about the sheer volume of relief here and the amazing effort that's come to that we went down to the footy oval and you said there was 400 vehicles there in the forest management and the relief for for merbu north themselves that's amazing yeah it's it's been a very busy little town the very next morning um, afterwards, of course, we didn't have any power and all you could hear was chainsaws, trucks, lorries. Yeah, it's, um, it was very active. Osnet with the power and stuff, Does it ever, do all homes have power currently? or? There's still a few properties on the outskirts that do not have power. Uh, by and large, most people do. Uh, I think it was after Danny O'Brien came in a day or two after the storm but that's when we ended up with three massive generators in the heart of town and things started to get a little bit more normalised including having petrol. Awesome yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we, we don't realise how much we rely on our cars until yeah. something like this happens. I remember driving home from actually Langatha to Maui and one night on my way home there was six Osnet trucks doing the power lines all, all the way down. I'm just sitting there going, and there's people behind me getting all frustrated and stuff. I'm going, you're frustrated. Can you imagine what sort of like the people that sort of like in the homes that are around here, but the, the massive effort they went to just in one afternoon doing a, the power, it was incredible. It was a massive job for them because quite a lot of the power lines were laying on the roads. Going back to that thing about survivals, there was one lady that was trapped in a car because they had power lines across her car they were working flat out um, to try and get things back together but they had a, an enormous job ahead of them enormous how's the incredible work that that's happening out of the rsl at the moment the rsl is still under the pump it's it's been a real joint journey it originally started by um, a young lady named jess pulling together really a team of people 
to just help others. There was so much need as far as people trapped in their homes, people not being able to get food, people not being able to have water. Um, there was just so much need that people started to organically form a collective, if you like, and those collective being volunteers. Out of that, it's grown and grown and grown and it's we're a little bit more, well, we're a lot more organised now and we have so many jobs of clearing properties, helping people with their fridges, for example, if they had food that had gone off with the duration of no power, people that didn't have food at all, it's, it's been massive. Um, in addition to that, because of the organisational part of it, when volunteers have come, they've needed to be in some ways paired to the job. So we'd wait for a team to arrive that were appropriate for a particular job. And so it's been quite a big effort of sorting, making sure that the jobs are safe, making sure that, they, that people have the right equipment and uh, making sure we have the right team go out to that job. So I know we pre-interview we were talking about the payments and stuff and I wanted to know whether if, if that's something that actually, do you know any details on for anyone listening that sort of how they can get involved in actually applying for, for some relief? Yes, apparently there's a $640 payment for anyone that has any house damage, immediate house damage. There's also a 2000 dollar grant per person for prolonged power outage. That's available through the government, I believe. Well, I heard that, that sort of there, there were, uh, if, you were, if it was beyond seven days you were without power, that's where the, the payment will take place. Yes. Um, but this is more targeted to the people that have been suffering for week long. Like you said, the lack of food, their food's all gone off. They had no water and the basic needs that me and you take advantage of every day. And I know by reading from social media that there's been some amazing businesses that have actually come with food relief for not only volunteers, but also families as well, which has been incredible. We've had people come from everywhere to assist. Um, there's a couple of businesses that have put forward things like breakfasts, um, free lunches in the parks, free dinners in the park. We've even had a, a band called the String Busters play in the park, which was amazing. The Streslicky String Busters, yeah. I know them, yep. Yeah, they were really good. But there has also been loads and loads of others, like there's several bakeries that have supplied bread. There are organisations or smaller organisations that have come together to make sandwiches and rolls for the volunteers. There are always people like CWA and that provide things like cakes and sweets. And Well, I know for a fact there was... 40, pe- 40 slabs provided by um, Goodfellas yes, in Tarragon and they came down twice. They came on yeah. a Tuesday and a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also an uh, Indian food restaurant that actually helped relieve um, the Black Saturday fires out in Bandstar, which mm-hmm. th- these guys have been amazing. That sort of like they, they were sitting there for hours out in Bandstar. We remember seeing them out there feeding the volunteers and stuff. And I apologise if I, if I don't know the name, Samson, my, something similar to that. I apologise, sort of, uh, uh, maybe if you know, if you leave a comment, sort of let us know so then we can pass on 
um, the thank yous to some of these businesses, if you know, for anyone listening, sort of, is there anything that they can do to help? We're still currently after volunteers. The jobs are now becoming quite complex. And so there's a lot of big work and a lot of heavy, messy work. There's always smaller work, like green waste and so on. But generally now we're coming up against the need for big chainsaws, big equipment, diggers, cherry pickers, grabbers. Um, I'm learning a lot. the amount of excavators being dropped off left, right and centre in Mubu North. I passed three empty trucks that had just offloaded their excavators just this morning going to work. Wow. Have you heard of any uh, rumours what what would be happening to the residual timber once all the clean-up has happened? There's actually been quite a few things going on with the timber. There is a chipper currently going around which has had mixed emotions attached to it. And in some places there's so much wood that the chipper does need to go through. But there have also been some beautiful specimen trees that have been allocated, if you like, for specialised use. And craftspeople are calling out for some of those specialised trees for slabs of wood. Um, There is also currently a gathering of wood that uh, is going to be held for next year for those that need it in Mubu North. There is seriously so much wood here, it's unbelievable. I was quoted on that on Tuesday night, 440 tonne had left Mubu North wow. from the roadside. Well, I actually heard a rumour that, and the worst part about social media, so many rumours go around, possibly some of the locals were petitioning about maybe getting a statue or something to commemorate what happened. The strength of community that has everyone banding together in Mubu North and chatting and actually sort of talking to your neighbours. Yeah, there is some talk about that. Nothing firm yet. Uh, I know that the tree in front of the RSL, which was a beautiful old oak, that has been put forward as a possibility for creating something, a sculpture out of. It will remain to be seen. Well, I think the amazing thing that they could do with some of the stumps, because there's so many stumps driving through from Merbu North to Leangatha, that that would be an amazing to turn that into like a driveway memorial mm. kind of like you'd have with the war memorials that you see in some towns mm. and actually not take down the some of these broken trees that are there and actually use it as a remembrance how strong mother nature really can be and what it would become a tourist attraction for Mubu north itself that's um, a very creative idea as well as even things like a, putting a festival together, like you said, using the timber. I know still chainsaws, they do a sculpting thing with chainsaws and kind of festival. And um, that might be something that the local town could look into too. And that could be maybe an annual thing like the Italian festival. Great idea. Great idea. So is there anything else that sort of like any resources that sort of anyone listening can take? There's um, definitely the community centre here that has a lot of things on offer, including counselling, because counselling, there's there's quite a deal of trauma that's occurred as a result of this little storm. And so the counts, that there is a counselling surface operating out of that. And 
there's also available food vouchers. We've st we've got fresh water still. There's people donate things like apples and tomatoes and cucumbers and zucchinis and um, there's quite a big array of things available if people reach out for it, which does bring me to another situation of the storm has really revealed degree of I suppose the the difficulties of living in isolation for farmers for example there's quite a lot of mental health issues with farmers anyway but something like this is very very difficult for them and many of them are incredibly overwhelmed and that is also the same for people who live alone the, the widows that live in town, the, an enormous amount of need for care within the community to hold those people and make sure that they feel safe. Well, I think this, is, this could be the perfect first stepping stone into something, even if it's just once a week. I know it sounds a little bit AA-ish kind of thing, but that's, the intention is that the, the name of Dream Big um, that's the one thing that you've got to do. Keep putting those ideas out, dream big, and uh, and make sure that communities like this can thrive. Absolutely. I, I sort of, I feel as though this is a, a really valuable opportunity to pull the community together and work on the strengths. Maybe North was unique in many ways anyway, as it had a strong Italian community here. Obviously, the Italian festa was part of that. And I think a lot of those values that the Italian families have, have been embedded in the structure of this community. So that thing about checking in on your neighbour, the looking, looking out for each other, making sure everyone's okay, is pretty comfortably occurring here. It's a strong community that for the elderly, there's a strong support for the elderly and they're quite active, actively involved. It's, it's lovely to watch. Just talking to people and not just walking past them and just saying hello. And that will make a bond regardless of whether age, creed, colour, whoever you are. And the thing is, that's what this podcast was about, was about turning sort of like uh, Are You OK Day into a digital format and actually making sure that everybody, we're all here, we're here, like they say, not for a long time, we're here for a good time. Love each other and also look after each other. So awesome. Thank you, Katrina, for being on our podcast. If we could do anything else, we're there for you. Thank you very much.